If you listen and you finally made it Now the greatest movie you ever seen is about to play Right before your eyes Last days In times Don't let Babylon break you Don't let them break your soul In time, in time Stay woke, it's going down Wake up the tribes. How? What you cooking? Last days. What is up, beloved? We are back for another episode. For this episode, we're going to cut through some of these uh, lukewarm Christian false doctrines. And first, we're going to start with only God can judge me. This is what people always love to say. If you ever point out wickedness, point out sin, what they will always say is only God can judge me. And that statement alone right there, that should terrify you because the most high God, Yah, is going to judge us. And that should that should terrify you. Oh, he's going to judge you. He's going to judge all of us. And that's what puts the fear of the most high in you is when you read scripture and realize that every word we've ever said, every action we've ever done is going to be brought out when we are judged. So when people say, oh, only God can judge me, that uh, that alone should scare you. Um, And as far as just understanding scripture, the reason why lukewarm Christians always say only God can judge me and it doesn't scare them is because they don't read scriptures. And when you read scriptures, that's how you will get the beginning of wisdom, the beginning of understanding, the beginning of knowledge, which is the fear of the Most High. Because as you read scriptures, you see what the Most High hates, what the Most High likes, how we are supposed to act, how we are not supposed to act. And that's how you will be able to do this walk correctly. And that's why the lukewarm Christians can't do this walk correctly, because they don't read scriptures. They think... They don't know what the Most High likes and doesn't like. They don't know how we're supposed to act and not not act. So that's why they can say only God can judge me and it doesn't scare them. Like I'm saying the Most High is going to judge all of us. So that should put the fear of the Most High into you, giving you the beginning of understanding because you should know that he is going to judge us. And that should scare you because... When you read scriptures, you see that the Most High is a vengeful God. Yeah, he's long-suffering, patient, merciful, and loving. But you can also see throughout scriptures how the Most High executes righteous judgments for those that deserve it. And when you truly repent, that's how the Most High will be merciful, patient, long-suffering with us. But the lukewarm Christians don't repent. They don't read scripture and they don't even think that they're sinning when in fact they are. So let's get the scripture for what sin is in 1 John chapter 3, line 4. Whosoever commits sin transgresses also the Torah, for sin is the transgression of the Torah. So couldn't it be simpler? In 1 John 3 and 4, whosoever commits sin transgresses also the Torah, for sin is the transgression of the Torah. So the Torah, the first five books of scripture, all the laws, statutes, and commandments that are in there in the Torah, when you transgress that, that's what sin is, right? 
And of course, the lukewarm Christians, they think that the laws are done away with, that the Torah doesn't matter. And we're going to get to that. And so another really important factor going into this is how the words in our language have, uh, all words just in general, have been manipulated, changed, altered. The etymology, the definition of words, all of this has been manipulated and changed. So when people say only God can judge me, and when they accuse us of trying to judge them, they actually don't know what judgment as far as scripture even is. They think that if you just point out sin or darkness or wickedness that you're judging, when in fact that's not true. So again, we just heard that sin is the transgression of the Torah. Now we're going to go into the Torah and I'm going to give two instances to show what the judgment is and what the statute is as well, because it's a different. Once you break the statute of the Most High, that's when judgment was coming in in the Torah when they were in the Old Testament when they were still under the Torah, under the law, which we're going to get to. All right, so we're going to go to Numbers chapter 15, line 32, starting at 32. And while the children of Yasharel were in the wilderness, they found a man that gathered sticks upon the Shabbat. And they that found him gathering sticks brought him unto Moshe and Aaron and unto all the assembly, which is Moses and Aaron. And they put him inward because it was not declared what should be done to him. And Yahuwah said unto Moshe, The man shall be surely put to death. All the assembly shall stone him with stones without the camp. And all the assembly brought him without the camp and stoned him with stones, and he died as Yahuwah commanded Moshe. All right, so we could see right there that the punishment for breaking the Sabbath was to be killed, stoned, as far as the Torah, right? So when, when Scripture talks about judgments, the judgment is stoning someone for breaking the Sabbath, right? Now, when we point out to someone, hey, you should keep the Sabbath, or hey, it's a sin when you, not, when you don't keep the Sabbath— the lukewarm Christians say, only God can judge me. You're judging me. No, I'm not. And no, we are not judging you. If we were judging you, then we would be saying, you deserve to be stoned for not keeping the Sabbath. But when we just point out, hey, you're, you're committing a sin, you're breaking the Torah, breaking the law by not keeping the Sabbath, that's not judging someone. That's just pointing out a sin because what is sin? The transgression of the Torah. What does the Torah say in Numbers? To keep the Sabbath all throughout the Torah, to keep the Sabbath. And then here, the judgment, the punishment for that was to be stoned. So people have a real misunderstanding of what judging is. They always say, oh, you're judging me. Only God can judge me. You're judging. We're not judging you. We're telling you what sin is and what darkness is and what wickedness is. So when we say it's a sin to break the, the Sabbath, we're not judging you because if we were judging you, we would say you should be stoned or killed for breaking the Sabbath. That's not what we're saying. We're just pointing out that it is a sin to break the Sabbath because what is sin? Transgressing of the Torah. And in the Torah is when we're first commanded to keep the Sabbath. Then we're going to go to the next example in Leviticus 20.13. If a man also lie with mankind as he lies with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. So again, if we point out and say it's a sin 
for men to lie with men, to be homosexuals, to act on homosexuality. We're not judging people for being gay. We are pointing out that it is a sin. And if we were judging them for being gay, then we would say gay people deserve to be killed, to be put to death. That's not what we're saying. We're just pointing out it is a sin to act upon homosexuality for a man to lay with a man. And we covered that that specific understanding recently in Toxic Part 4, that episode, going in-depth into the sin of acting upon homosexuality in Toxic Part 4, that episode recently. So again, these lukewarm Christians that say, only God can judge me, they don't even know what judgments are because we're not... When have you ever heard any of us say, oh, if you're gay, you should be put to death. If you break the Sabbath, you should be put to death. We don't say that. We just say it's a sin to break the Sabbath. It's a sin for men to lay with men. So that's the statute. You know, it's the laws, statutes, commandments. And again, in the Ten Commandments, keep the Sabbath, right? So all these people, these lukewarm Christians, they say that they keep the commandments, but a lot of these, they're just breaking anyway. They don't keep the Sabbath. They don't even try to find the true Sabbath or keep make any attempt at doing no work on the Sabbath. So that's the commandments. And then there's statutes like, like Leviticus 2013. So when people say, oh, you're judging me, we're not judging at all. We're just pointing out what sin is. And if we were judging, then we would say, all people who are gay should be put to death or all people who break the Sabbath should be put to death. And you never hear any of us say that. We're just pointing out what sin is and what is sin? The transgression of the Torah. All right. And so what the lukewarm Christians always say is they quote Matthew 7, judge not that ye be not judged for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why behold you the mote that is in your brother's eye, but consider not the beam that is in your own eye? Or how will you say to your brother, let me pull out the mote out of your own eye, and behold, a beam is in your own eye? You hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of your own eye, and then you shall see clearly to cast out the mote out of your brother's eye. So, for those of us that are coming back into the truth and understanding what the scriptures say, there's a reason why the Most High has brought us back to Him, why He has woken us up, opened up our eyes so that we can read the Scriptures, understand them. So for us, we are trying to eliminate darkness and sin out of our lives. So we are taking the beam that is out of our own eyes so that we can see the moat, the small amount that is in other people's eyes. So if I say, if I never keep the Sabbath, but then I say to someone, oh, you should keep the Sabbath. I'm a hypocrite. But since I've been keeping the Sabbath and actively trying to find the true Sabbath, you know, you heard the whole journey, especially at the start of season four, this season of us switching to the different Enoch calendar, getting on the true Sabbath. You see me actively trying to keep the Sabbath. So therefore, since I've pulled that beam out of my eye, that darkness out of my life, and I'm actively trying to keep the Sabbath, that's how I'm able to tell people, you should keep the Sabbath. But if I never kept the Sabbath, never tried, and then I was saying, oh, you should keep the Sabbath, then I'm a hypocrite because I haven't taken the beam out of my eye to get the speck, the moat that is in your eye. But since I do keep the Sabbath, that's how I'm able to tell people, 
you should also keep the Sabbath as well, because it's in the Ten Commandments. And then just to go back to the start of the verse in Matthew 7, Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. So the lukewarm Christians say, oh, you can't judge anyone. If you point out sin or wickedness or darkness, you're judging them. But we just established we're not judging. So if I was, if I was to say anyone who breaks the Sabbath should be stoned, then on Judgment Day, that's how I would be judged. The most I would say, well, Rye, for all those years of your life that you never kept the Sabbath, now you should be put to death because you didn't keep the Sabbath because you were judging other people. But I don't ever say that. Me pointing out that people should keep the fourth commandment of keeping the Sabbath, that's not me judging. That's me pointing out what the scripture, what the law, what the Torah, what the statutes and commandments say to keep the Sabbath. So people misconstrue this all the time saying, oh, you can't judge anyone. You can't point out darkness. You can't point out sin. But that's not what it's saying. So if that's not what it's saying. So if I said anyone who broke the Sabbath should be killed, then on Judgment Day, the Most High would say, right, all the times that you broke the Sabbath, you should be killed. That's what it means how you'll be judged. So we're not judging anyone by pointing out sin and wickedness. If we were judging them, we would be executing the judgment of the Torah, which says anyone who breaks the Sabbath should be put to death. But we're not saying that. We're just pointing out that it's a sin to not ever try to keep the Sabbath. And so since we are not ever judging people because we're not executing the judgment, what we're really doing is rebuking our brothers and sisters, rebuking our neighbors, telling them what sin is, how to walk better, because the Most High has woken certain people up so that we can show others what the scriptures say, so we can help encourage people to get in the scriptures for themselves and to understand how the Most High wants us to walk. If the Most High didn't care, he wouldn't be waking people up the way he is giving us platforms to speak to try and help other people understand the scriptures. So what we are really doing is not judging anyone, but we are rebuking people. And just a few scriptures on that in the book of Proverbs 27, 5, open rebuke is better than secret love. And then 28, 23 in Proverbs, he that rebukes a man afterwards shall find more favor than he that flatters with the tongue. So who flatters with the tongue? The megachurches, the Joel Osteen, the T.D. Jakes to deceive Jacob, regular Christian churches, regular Catholic churches, they tickle your ears telling you what you want to hear. Everyone's going to heaven. It doesn't matter if you keep the Sabbath. The laws are done away with. They tell you what they flatter with the tongue. And then those of us that rebuke, it says, he that rebukes a man afterwards shall find more favor than he that flatters with the tongue. So the Most High finds more favor in us rebuking people, telling them what sin is so that they can walk and live right, live right and live righteously rather than the people in the Christian churches who are just tickling your ears, telling you what you want to hear, flattering with the tongue. And so again, in the Christian churches, they flatter with the tongue, telling them that everyone's being saved, the laws are done away with. And also here, here's the thing before I go any further. We are not under the law anymore. We're under grace. And this is what the lukewarm Christians always say. Oh, the laws are done away with. That's not what it says. The Messiah literally says not one stroke of a letter of the law is going to pass away, meaning he's not here. He's not here to do away with the law and the prophets, but to fulfill it, let's get that scripture. But before I get to the scriptures, what I'm saying is 
Yes, it's true. We are not under the law anymore. We're under grace. But that does not mean that you just throw away the law and say, I'm never going to try and keep it. What it means is that if you stumble, if you mess up, you're not under the punishments of the law. So what was the punishment for not keeping the Sabbath? You got stoned to death. So now that we are under grace and not under the law, if we mess up, if we don't keep the Sabbath, if we miss a Sabbath, we are not punished and put to death because of it. That's the grace that we're under. But that doesn't mean that you just say, oh, I'm never going to keep the Sabbath. What it means is that we have grace now. So if we stumble, when we stumble, when we fall, we don't get put to death because of it. So that's what it means when it says we're not under the law anymore. We're under grace. We are living and and people think it's so hard to keep the Sabbath. The scripture says his commandments are not grievous. And it's so true. Once you just try to keep the laws, statutes, and commandments, the, they're not grievous. And people think it's so hard to keep the Sabbath. Imagine how hard it was back in the days of the Torah when if you missed the Sabbath, if you were caught gathering sticks working on the Sabbath, you were put to death and stoned. So now we're under grace where that doesn't happen, but that doesn't mean that you just throw away the Torah and say, I'm never going to try and keep it. The difference is now when you stumble, when you mess up, we have grace so that we're not stoned and put to death for breaking the Torah. So again, people misconstrue that. Oh, the laws are done away with. We're not under the law. We're under grace. Yeah, we are under grace. Yeah, we're not under the law. But what that means is that you don't get put to death for transgressing the law and the Torah. All right. And then Matthew 5, 17. Think not that I am come to destroy the Torah or the prophets. I'm not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For amen, I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one yod or one title shall in no wise pass from the Torah till all be fulfilled. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So not one stroke of a letter is passing away from the Torah till all be fulfilled. Right? So again, that's why the Messiah clearly says, think not that I am come to destroy the Torah or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For amen I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one yod or one title shall in no wise pass from the Torah till all be fulfilled. So not one stroke of a letter is passing away from the Torah which means that we are still to try and keep it. The only difference is we're not under the law, we're under grace. So if we slip up and when we mess up trying to keep the Torah, we are not put to death because of it, because we have grace through the Messiah, Yahushua HaMashiach. Glory to the Father, Yahuwah. Glory to Yah, praise Yah, hallelujah. So this is what the Christian churches do not teach. They just say, oh, it's all done away with. But the Messiah clearly says the complete opposite of that, that it's not done away with. He's not here to destroy the Torah or the prophets. And then the other thing that they do not teach you in Christian churches is that it's a narrow gate to make it into the kingdom, right? Matthew 7, starting at 13. Enter ye in at the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because narrow is the gate and troublesome is the way which leads to life and few there be that find it, right? 
And then the line right after that is, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. So again, that's the Joel Osteen's T.D. Jakes who tell you, oh, everyone's going to heaven. As soon as you die, you go to heaven. That's not what the scripture says. And there's few that find it, right? So now we're going to get to some of these sins that many people are committing and that they can't even commit, that they can't even admit that they are sinning. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting at line 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of Elohim? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor sodomites, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of Elohim. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of Adonai, Yahusha HaMashiach, and by the Ruach of our Elohim. So we've all sinned, right? We're not saying that we've never sinned, but the difference is we are repenting for our sins. We are understanding what the scripture tells us what sin is. What is sin? Transgression of the Torah. So those of us who are sincerely in this truth, trying to help other people sincerely be in the truth, we are looking back at our lives at the times that we've sinned, transgressed the Torah, broke the law, statutes, and commandments of the Most High, and repenting for it. Meanwhile, the Christian and Catholic churches, the lukewarm Christians, they can't even admit that they're sinning by breaking the Sabbath, by breaking the Torah, by, just like it says, be not deceived, neither fornicators. So anyone who's ever had sex before marriage, which we all probably have done, but the difference is I've repented for that. We've repented for the times we fornicated and we stopped doing it. But then the people who are in the lukewarm Christian churches, have they repented for all the times they had sex before they were married? All the times they fornicated? It said, few there be that fine life. And the path to destruction is wide, one that many people take. The people who are in the lukewarm churches, they think that just only murderers and only murderers go to hell. And that everyone else, if, if you notice, every single time someone dies, whether it's someone's family member on social media, they say, oh, you're in heaven now. Where is that in scripture? Where in scripture does it say that as soon as you die, you go right to heaven? And to take it a step further, how many times have you seen someone say, oh, blah, blah, blah is in heaven now? Well, were they a fornicator? Did they have sex before they were married? Did they repent for it? I'm not saying that any of us have, we've all sinned, but the difference is we're repenting for it and stopping these sins. So fornicators, nor idolaters, you know, have you ever gone to a concert and idolized the celebrity? Oh, we're not idolizing, we just like them. Okay. Nor adulterers, anyone that's ever cheated on their spouse. Nor sodomites, which we covered in two episodes ago in the episode called... Before Wicked World, it was, um, I forget what the episode was called. Two episodes ago, we spoke about what sodomy is, which is oral and anal sex. We've also spoken about it in Toxic Part 4 and the first Toxic episode, TPR 148. But sodomy, look up the definition of sodomy. It's oral sex and anal sex. So anyone who's ever had oral sex and never repented for it, None of them are in, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of Elohim? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor sodomites, nor abusers of themselves of mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of Elohim. So anyone who's ever done any of these things and never repented for it, 
None of them are inheriting the kingdom of the, the Most High. Not my words, Scripture's words. And the people who are in the lukewarm Christian churches, they don't read these scriptures. They don't care what the scriptures say. They just say, only God can judge me. Okay, he's going to judge you, and this is how he's going to judge you. He's going to say, uh, were you a fornicator? Were you an idolater? Did you have oral or anal sex, sodomy? Were you a drunkard? None of them are inheriting the kingdom of the most, most high. And if you want to hear more about oral sex sodomy anal sex sodomy if you want to learn more about what sodomy actually is two episodes ago dreams revisited and more is the episode two episodes ago and then toxic part four and toxic tpr 148 as well speaks about it all right now let's go to revelation 21 starting at line seven he that overcomes shall inherit all things and i will be his elohim and he shall be my son line eight but the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Right? So people think, oh, everyone goes to heaven. Well, the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable murderers, right? That, that's what people think is only murderers go to hell. And that anyone else, whenever someone dies on social media, oh, they're in heaven now. Which, again, this is an uncomfortable truth. And this is the thing is, people don't want to hear the truth. They want what makes them feel comfortable. They want a flattering tongue like we read in Proverbs. So people think, oh, everyone's going to heaven, even though that's not what the scriptures say. Oh, as soon as you die, you go straight to heaven, which is not what the scriptures say. Because judgment hasn't happened yet where we all are before the throne and we get judged based on every word we've ever said, every action and deed we've ever done, that hasn't happened yet. So none of these people, as much as it might make people feel uncomfortable to think, oh, when their loved one passes away, they haven't been judged yet. So they're not in, they can't be in heaven because they haven't gone through the judgment yet. John 3.13, and no man has ascended up to heaven but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. So how are all these people in heaven if the Messiah himself said, and no man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. Ecclesiastes 12:7. Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Ruach shall return unto Elohim who gave it. So that's a scripture right there that speaks about what happens to people's spirits after they pass. Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Ruach shall return unto Elohim who gave it. And if you want to know more about Sheol, just read the story of Lazarus in Luke about the rich man and Lazarus in Sheol. So again, in Revelation, it says all the people who are going straight to the lake of fire, all liars, right? So I just said it before it said fornicators are not inheriting the kingdom of the most high. So people who had sex before married and never repented for it or all the times people lied and never repented for it. And people can't even admit that they're liars. For example, I, and I've covered this before, how when when parents tell their children that Santa Claus is real, is that not a lie? It's a false witness. It's not true. It's a lie. So doesn't that make you a liar? So any person who's ever told their children that Santa Claus is real is a liar. So unless they repent for it, they are a liar. And Revelation says, and all liars shall have their part in the lake, which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And the lukewarm Christians can't even admit that they lied.
by doing that. So I'm saying this is why it says it's a a wide and broad way that leads to destruction and many people take it and few will be saved because few will can admit that they've lied, that they said Santa was real when he's not. And just think of all the other things. Oh, they say Santa Claus is real. They say the Easter Bunny's real. They say the Tooth Fairy is real. That's multiple lies throughout the year for multiple years of their children's life. So for 10 years, you're telling them Santa, the Easter Bunny, and the Tooth Fairy is real multiple times a year. How many lies is that? Is that not a lie? Does that not make you a liar? And we've all lied, but when you repent for it, that's the difference. But people aren't repenting for it because they think they don't have to repent, that just everyone's going to heaven, that it's not a lie to tell people Santa is real when it's not. It's a lie. But people will not repent for it. And that's why few will be saved. All right. And so I think that pretty much cuts through only God can judge me. And there's even more scriptures. I should have said this at the start, but we're only covering some of the scriptures. There's countless scriptures that reiterate all these points that I'm saying and that's what happens when you read scripture continually and consistently is that you will really start to understand what the scriptures actually say. But as far as only God can judge me, there's even more scriptures that we could go through that I'm not even going to explain. But here's just a few. Isaiah 1 and 17. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Only God can judge me. Judge the fatherless. Jeremiah 22, 3, thus says Yahuwah, execute ye judgment and righteousness and deliver the spoiled out of the hand of the oppressor and do no wrong, do no violence to the stranger, the fatherless, nor the widow, neither shed innocent blood in this place. But again, only God can judge me. Jeremiah 22, 3, thus says Yahuwah, execute ye judgment and righteousness. And then from the Messiah himself, Matthew 19, 28, and Yahushua said unto them, Amen, I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the restoration when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Yasharel. So only God can judge me? What does the Messiah say? Matthew nineteen twenty-eight. And Yahushua said unto them, Amen, I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the restoration when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Yasharel. So why would the mo- why would Yahushua say that if only God can judge? But we're not even going to go into that because we explained how Even if you want to say only God can judge me, that should terrify you from what we've covered so far about what the scriptures actually say. But on top of that, you can go further about how scripture tells us to judge righteously and how the Messiah said those that followed him are going to sit on 12 uh, 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes, right? And then if you even want to get Paul's words as well, which are commonly misconstrued, but 1 Corinthians chapter 6, line 2. Do ye not know that the Kodeshem, which are the saints, shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know ye not that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? So the Kodeshem, that are the saints. And again, something that's misconstrued with the Christian Catholic Church is, Saints are just the followers of the Messiah. We are saints. So it says, know ye not, do ye not know that the saints shall judge the world? 
And if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know ye not that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? So if Paul says it right there, the Messiah said it, we just covered, he said, those that followed him are going to judge the 12 tribes. So when people say only God can judge me, that's actually not what scripture says. But just to leave it at only God can judge me, that should terrify you alone. And what we covered is that he is going to judge. Oh, he's going to judge. And that's why you want to read scripture to know what sin is. Sin is the transgression of the Torah so that you could repent for all the times you sinned. We've all sinned, but the difference is those of us who are speaking out, we are continually and consistently repenting. Anytime you think of a sin that you've done or a false witness that you've bared, the spirit will put it on your spirit and bring it up, bring it to your remembrance so that you can remember it and repent for it. So anytime you think of something that you've done, a false witness that you've bared, a lie that you told, a sin that you committed, repent for it, fear the Most High, seek out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And that's how you'll be able to take the beam out of your eye and see when other people have a speck in their eye. And we're not judging, we're trying to help our brothers and sisters help our neighbor to understand what sin is so that they can repent and be spared on judgment day. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of Elohim, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Mashiach Yahusha, whom Elohim has set forth to be a propitation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of Yah. So we've all sinned. We're not judging by pointing out what sin is. We're quoting scripture. Sin is the transgression of the Torah. We're showing people what is sin. We've all sinned. We've all come short of the glory of Elohim, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Mashiach, Yahushua. We've repented in the name of Yahushua HaMashiach. That's why we are under grace and not under the law, so that when we stumble, when we sin, when we slip up, we're not put to death because of it like they were in the days of the Torah, but now we have grace. But just because we have grace, that doesn't mean that you just throw away the Torah, never try and keep it. It means that when you fall short, you can get back up and repent again through the grace of Yahushua HaMashiach. Glory to the Father, Yahuwah. Praise Yah. Hallelujah. So I think that's enough for only God can judge me. Now, another false doctrine to cut through is once saved always saved that's what these people always say once saved always saved well let's see what the scriptures say first we're going to go to hebrews chapter 6 which i've read this scripture on this series before therefore leaving the principles of the doctrine of mashiach let us go on unto perfection onto perfection is what we're supposed to strive for which means keeping the torah as best we can as perfectly as we can yes we're going to fall short but we strive per for perfection we don't just strive to just say oh throw away the torah it doesn't matter we're under grace that's not what the scriptures say and that's the biggest abomination is that people say oh the messiah died for our sins so we should just keep sinning we've covered that scripture where paul says what because we're under grace we're going to keep sing sinning Never. Let's pull that scripture out before we get to Hebrews 6. Romans 6, 14. For sin does not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? Never. 
So again, that's what people say is they take line 14 of Romans chapter six. I believe the episode that I read these, this scripture on was in the episode called Be Baptized. Not too long ago, it was in season three last season, but the episode is called Be Baptized, and we covered this scripture, and we covered how the misconception of the Christian and the Catholic Church is they baptize infants, babies, but the true purpose of baptism is so that you could put away your old self, your old life of sin, and come up out of the water and strive for perfection, walk in Mashiach, walk as he walked. But when you baptize an infant, a newborn, a baby, they haven't read the scriptures yet. They don't know how to walk, right? So why are you baptizing them? Because they're just going to go right back into sinning. That's why for someone like me, I was re-baptized in 2020, putting away my old life of sin and starting this new life, being a new creature, a new creation in Mashiach. So that's the episode called Be Baptized to hear further scriptures about that. But again, in Romans 6, 14 and 15, for sin does not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? Never. What is sin? Transgression of the Torah. So it says, what then shall we sin? So translate it, what then shall we break the Torah because we are not under the law, but under grace? Never, which means that you should never be trying to break the Torah always striving for perfection to keep the Torah as best you can. And then when you fall, you can repent for it and be under grace. But it doesn't mean that just because we're under grace, you transgress and sin, transgress the Torah and sin, never is what Paul says. Now let's get back to Hebrews chapter 6. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Mashiach, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward Elohim, of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if Elohim permit. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Ruach HaKadosh and have tasted the good word of Elohim and the powers of the world to come. If they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they execute again to themselves the son of Elohim and put him to an open shame. So when people say once saved, always saved, that's not what Hebrews 6 says. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Ruach HaKadosh and have tasted the good word of Elohim and the powers of the world to come. If they shall fall away, to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they execute again to themselves the son of Elohim and put him to an open shame. So we read this scripture a long time ago on this series. And what I said is that if I were to fall off right now, I would be done for because I already had my old life of sin and wickedness. And now that I see the truth, and now that I have the Ruach HaKadosh, the Holy Spirit, I can't fall away now because I already got that. I already had so much grace to have enough time to repent and come back to the ways of the Most High. So now if I just abandon it all and go back to sinning, I'm done for because I already know the truth. And if I go back to sinning and fall away, then I'm crucifying the Messiah once again because he already died for my sins once. And then if I say, oh, well, I'm going back to sinning, it's like I'm crucifying and executing him again. So people say, once saved, always saved. That's not true because this says right here, for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Ruach HaKadosh and have tasted the good word of Elohim and the powers of the world to come. If they shall fall away 
So it's saying it's impossible for those who have tasted of the heavenly gift, if they shall fall away, to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they execute again to themselves the son of Elohim and put him to an open shame. So that's exactly what all the people who say, oh, the Messiah died for my sins. I don't have to, I could just be a sinner. I don't have to ever do anything. They're putting the Messiah to an open shame because he already died for our sins, which was the biggest sacrifice ever. And then to not want to hold up your end and say, you know what, I want to strive for perfection. I want to walk like the Messiah walked, keep the Torah and stop sinning. But people do the opposite and say, oh, I'll just keep sinning. He already died for my sins. You're actually uh, putting him to shame further by doing that. So people say once saved, always saved. That's not true because it clearly says once you have the Ruach HaKadosh, if you fall off, you're you're knowingly, because I know what's right and wrong now. I know what the sin, I know sin is the transgression of the Torah. I know what the Torah says. So if I fail to do it, I, I'm knowingly sinning and knowingly putting the Messiah to shame because he already died for my sins once. So if I go back to sinning, I'm executing him again and putting him to shame. James 4.17, therefore to him that knows to do good and does it not, to him it is sin. So if I know the right things to do now, I know what the Torah says, what the law, statutes, and commandments are. If I fail to do it, I'm committing sin, just like the transgression of the Torah is sin, like we covered earlier. And I covered this James 4.13-17 through 17 on my Instagram lately in a video speaking about boasting about tomorrow. My Instagram is WilsonRyan underscore underscore. I've already covered this scripture on this series, but I'll read it again now in the Sefer, James 4, 13 through 17. Go to now ye that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. For that ye ought to say, if Yah will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings, all such rejoicing is evil. Therefore to him that knows to do good and does it not, to him it is sin. That's why I always say, Yah willing, I'll see you for another episode because I fear the most high. And when you boast about tomorrow saying, oh, tomorrow or next month or next year or next week, I'll do this. You don't even know what tomorrow is going to bring. So if you say, if Yah will or Yah willing or most high willing, that's how you can show the most high that you fear him and that you don't know what he's going to bring into our lives today, tomorrow, or at any point. So I covered that on my Instagram at WilsonRyan underscore underscore. All right, and now finally, to cut through this once saved, always saved, we just covered in Hebrews 6, what Paul says, how once you have the Ruach HaKadosh and you taste that heavenly gift, then if you fall away, it's impossible for you to be brought back to repentance. Now the Messiah gives us a clear direction about something that will not be forgiven as well mark chapter 3 line 28 amen i say unto you all sins shall be forgiven unto the sons of men and blasphemies wherewith soever they shall blaspheme but he that shall blaspheme against the ruach hakadesh has never forgiveness but is in danger of eternal damnation so you could clearly see that all sins will be forgiven but if you blaspheme against the ruach hakadesh that has never forgiveness and is in danger of eternal damnation. So people say, once saved, always saved. So let me get this straight. Once saved, always saved. So even though what we just covered in Hebrews 6 and blaspheming against the Spirit, that'll never be forgiven. So someone thinks that it, once you're saved, you're always saved. So you could just get up every single day, blaspheme the Spirit, 
blaspheme whatever you want to do, live however you want to do, fornicate, lie, murder. So so they say once saved, always saved. So if, if someone thinks that, then what, you could get up and murder somebody every single day and think it's going to be forgiven? I mean, it's just ridiculous. These doctrines are literally ridiculous, and they're not based on Scripture at all. If they read Scriptures, they would know that clearly if you blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, that will not be forgiven. So... Clearly, you could see once saved, always saved is not true. It's not in Scripture, that's that statement. So they always repeat it. Once saved, always saved. It's not in Scripture. And clearly, once you're saved, then if you blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, that won't be forgiven. And once you partake in the Holy Spirit, if you fall off, that won't be restored to repentance either, just like we read in Hebrews chapter 6. And so we just read that in Mark. Let's also go to Matthew chapter 12, 31. Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Ruach HaKodesh shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever speaks a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaks against the Ruach HaKodesh, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. So the Messiah even says you could blaspheme the Messiah himself, but you cannot blaspheme the Ruach and have it be forgiven. It will not be forgiven if you blaspheme against the Ruach neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Ruach HaKodesh shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever speaks a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaks against the Ruach HaKodesh, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. So they say, once saved, always saved. But the Messiah says, if you blaspheme against the Ruach, it will never be forgiven. It shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. So the Messiah says, if you blaspheme against the Ruach, it shall not be forgiven, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. So clearly, there's multiple examples of once saved, always saved is not a true doctrine. It's not in scripture. And clearly, there's certain things that you could do once you're saved, certain blasphemies or certain sins and abominations that you could do, which will negate the restoration and the repentance that you've already received. And also the line that I, I didn't go this far in Hebrews 6, um, we covered the important parts, and now a, a good piece of closure for you is Hebrews 6, chapter 9. But, beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany Yeshua, salvation, though we thus speak. So Paul says that, you know, if you fall off after tasting the heavenly gift after being partakers of the Ruach, you can't be restored to repentance. But then if you read on a little bit further on in line nine, but beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany Yeshua, though we thus speak. So we are confident and persuaded of better things for you, my beloved, that that won't ever happen to anyone, that they won't ever taste the heavenly gift and then fall off, but that they will taste the heavenly gift and obtain that Yeshua, that salvation, through the Messiah, Yahushua HaMashiach. All glory to Yah. All right, my beloved, so we cut through those false doctrines from the lukewarm Christian and Catholic churches and the prosperity teachings. We cut through them with so many scriptures. There's so many more scriptures, but we covered a lot of scriptures in this episode. The only way to understand these things is to read scripture for yourself. And again, this is why the Most High is waking us up so that we can help people get back in the scriptures, we can help people learn. And if it didn't matter, if just everybody was saved, then the Most High would have no reason to wake us up 
Because if we could just live in sin and wickedness, then it wouldn't matter if we ever repented, if we ever came back, we all would just go straight to heaven. But that's not the case. The Most High is waking us up because time is short. The kingdom is at hand. The main message of the gospel is to repent. And that's what we're preaching is just repentance of sins. We've all sinned. We've all come short. And the thing is, the people who are in these Christian and Catholic churches being lukewarm. They can't even admit that they've sinned or that they've lied or that they've fornicated. But we are, we've all sinned. But that's what I'm saying is the reason I had to be rebaptized in 2020 was because I had been fornicating for 20 years of my life. I had been lying for 20 years of my life, committing all these sins, transgressing the Torah for years and years of my life. So I had to put it all behind me, go under that water and crucify and destroy my old self and come back up out of the water, a new creature, a new creation in Mashiach, in the Messiah. Glory to Yah. So read scripture, my beloved. We're not judging anybody. We're we're bringing out the truth of the scriptures. We're showing people what sin is. It's a transgression of the Torah. What does the Torah say? Once you read scripture, once you read the Torah, it will make a lot more sense. You'll understand how to walk, what the Most High wants us to do, and what the Most High doesn't want us to do. So read scripture, my beloved, tell people to repent, keep repenting for yourself. Like I said, once you remember certain things, certain sins that you've done, repent for it. Fear the most high. Seek out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And that's Philippians 2.12. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And the scripture about all things being brought to our remembrance through the Ruach HaKadosh in the name of Yahushua HaMashiach is John 14, 26. And the scripture that I want to leave you with for this episode, I've read this on this series before. 1 John 2 and 6. He that says he abides in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. So we are to walk as Yahushua walked. That's so simple, and that's what the Christian and Catholic churches are missing. They tell people, oh, you're just a sinner. Just keep living in sin. He died for your sins. But we are to walk as he walked, and Yahushua was perfect, which means that we are to strive to be perfect. And if we fall, if we stumble, when we fall, when we stumble, we get back up and we repent and keep walking and keep striving. Why? Because we are under grace. Glory to the Most High. People think it's so hard to keep the commandments, to keep the Torah. Well, imagine how hard it was when they had to keep the Torah and they were under the law and they would get stoned if they didn't keep the Torah. We are under grace now and we owe it to Yahushua to walk as he walked, to strive unto perfection, to keep the Torah the best that we can. And we are under grace now so when we fall, when we slip, we can get back up, dust ourselves off, repent, seek the Most High, fear the Most High, get on our knees and repent for our sins and seek the Most High ten times more. Keep seeking Him. It's all glory to the Father, Yahuwah, in the name of His Son, Yahushua HaMashiach. Thank you, my beloved. I love you, my beloved. The reason I love you is because I want to help you understand what sin is. What is sin? The transgression of the Torah. If I didn't love you, then I would just tell you, I would tickle your ears and tell you what all the prosperity teachers say. Oh, everyone's going to heaven. Oh, it doesn't matter. And then on judgment day, we would all be in big trouble for doing that. But the reason I do love you is I can tell you what it takes to have a chance at salvation, to get to that throne and be prepared, be repented, have faith in the Messiah so that you can make it into the kingdom. The only way to the Father is through the Son, Yahushua. 
And before I wrap it up, another scripture I remembered that I want to put in this episode is Ezekiel chapter 3, starting at line 16. And it came to pass at the end of seven days that the word of Yahuwah came unto me, saying, Son of Adam, I have made you a watchman unto the house of Yasharel. Therefore hear the word at my mouth, and give them warning from me. When I say unto the wicked, You shall surely die, and you give him not warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at your hand. Yet if you warn the wicked, and he turn not from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. Again, when a righteous man turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die, because you have not given him warning. He shall die in his sin, and his righteousness, which he has done, shall not be remembered, but his blood will I require at your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the righteous man that the righteous sin not, and he does not sin, he shall surely live, because he is warned, also you have delivered your soul. So that's again why we have to tell people what sin is. What is sin? The transgression of the Torah. This is why we have to tell people what different sins are, what wickedness is, what darkness is, so that they can forsake it, rebuke it, and repent for it accordingly. And if we don't tell people, then their blood is on our hands. So again, people say, oh, you're judging me. Only God can judge me. Actually, this is how I love you to all these people that we've encountered, like my family members or people that I've told, oh, this is a sin. You should repent for this. Oh, this isn't what the Torah says. This isn't what scripture says. That's how we have to be. That's how we show love to our brother, our sister, our neighbor is to tell them. And even more so, if we don't tell them, and they pass away for their wickedness and their sins, their blood is on our hands. But when we tell them what scripture says and they choose not to do it, the blood is off of our hands. So again, the prosperity teachers, they just give a flattering tongue, tickling your ears, telling you what you want to hear. But the people who are really in truth are telling people what the scriptures really say. That's how we are showing true love for people so that they could be ready on judgment day, so that they could be repented in time. Time is growing short. The kingdom is at hand. Repent, my beloved. Help other people. Show other people the way. If you're in the scriptures and you know what the scriptures say, show someone else. Help someone else. Find the most high. Fear the most high. Stay with the most high. Help them do that and do that yourself, my beloved. It's a walk. It's a journey. We got to keep walking. We got to keep going. We're in crunch time. We're in the days of Noah. The wickedness is ramping up. So the righteousness has to ramp up as well. We have to level it up. We have to be fishers of men for the kingdom, trying to reel people back and showing them what scriptures say. If we understand what the scriptures say, it's on us to help other people understand it as well. It's all praise, honor, and glory to the Most High. Praise Yah, hallelujah. And I love you, my beloved. I'm going to catch you for another episode. Most High willing. Much love. Praise the Most High. Hallelujah. Peace, blessings, faith, love. In times, don't let Babylon break you. Don't let them break your soul. In time, in time, stay woke, it's going down. Yeah. We gonna wake up the tribes. How? Willing. What you cooking? Last days. <laughs>